The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. But let's start with the situation around plans for Monday. Today, the National Police Commissioner, Fanny Masamola, has been conducting a state of readiness visit to Gauteng operations. The police minister has also been speaking there. And we'll talk about this in a minute, but in court, the DA is also in court to try and get an interdict against the EFF planned protest. Alfred Amashwana, EWN reporter, was out in Mayfair today where the police minister and police commissioner were speaking. He's back in studio now. Alfred, good afternoon. Thanks for coming in to chat to us. Firstly, what exactly um, was being done today? Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, the morning started off with the police commissioner and police minister addressing a, a parade of police um, at the Mayfair Sports Field, and it's all to prepare for the EFF protest on Monday. Um, but th- they all said something profound, especially the minister, who said that they are all trying to prevent a scene of the 2021 July unrest from happening again. And that is why they are deploying police at strategic points across the country. And today we saw them de- being deployed at malls. They're going to be on highways on Monday. This is what the police minister uh, and Fani Masimola are saying, that on Monday, come Monday, the, the, the police will be on strategic points um, across the country. And it's all to prevent uh, mass disruption, as we've heard that uh, businesses have been threatened or, or uh, to shut down uh, on Monday or else. Uh, you know, something could happen. They could be looted, and it's all that they are trying to prevent today. It was, it was, it was um, quite interesting to see how they are preparing for um, what, what's to come on Monday. Uh, it was a lot of police who will be deployed all across uh, 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 the, mm. the, the 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 scene and and the province. And but let's hear what uh, the, the police minister had to say. Boys that will be marching South Africans. They had a right to march. But there are restrictions and there are ways and measures to be followed. They do not have any permission or any right to harm anybody, to disturb anybody, to block any South African that wants to go about his or her job in that particular time. You will protect that those that want to go to work on the day, those that are on the roads, nobody should block the roads, occupy the roads at the expense of other road users. Nobody should loot. Nobody should force anybody to close his shop or close his or her business on the particular day. That's the police minister, Becky Kelly, speaking earlier. Uh, Alpha, one of the big problems here is that the EFF is not saying where they are going to be gathering, where they're going to be protesting. How are the police dealing with this? Well, today we saw them deploying the police officers to malls, especially around the east side of Johannesburg. It seems that they've got some intelligent information that uh, they're going to be targeting malls and shopping centers. So most of the police officers today have been deployed to malls. And what the National Police Commissioner Fanny Masimola also mentioned is that 
that they will be deploying these police to uh, monitor the highways, especially the provincial highways. Uh, he also mentioned the N1 and the M1, which, you know, of course, is, 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 uh, it links Joburg mm. and Pretoria. So they, they are going to be stru- uh, deploying police officers to such places where, um, you know, it, it, it leads to, economic hubs of the the province. Alpha, thank you very much. Alpha Rabashwana, EWN reporter, out listening to the National Police Commissioner. The Midday Report. Well, this is an issue that really is polarizing. Yesterday, we spoke to civil society. Um, Many people are opposed to it, but there are people that support the the protest taking place and what the EFF is calling a national shutdown. People saying, well, we need to march against government around load shedding and against Soro Ramaphosa. People are in support of the, um, the reason for the actual march to take place. Well, Veronica Mahoudi, EWN reporter, has been out speaking to South Africans uh, on the streets. Veronica, good afternoon to you. What is the sentiment out there from the group of people that you've been speaking to? Well, thanks very much, Mandy. As you've rightfully mentioned, there is really polarizing views among residents, whether or not, you know, South Africans should be uh, joining this, uh, as you've mentioned, mass demonstration happening across the country, Mandy. We spoke to, um, as you've mentioned, various sectors, and many of them saying they'll be operating as usual. But for South Africans, they're simply saying that they can't afford uh, to take part in the strike. Those who have spoken to us, Mandy, others, of course, are saying that there are other ways, of course, to demonstrate how South Africans are feeling about the government currently. And it's not necessarily always at a, uh, at a ballot box or through the general elections. Sometimes what it takes is for South Africans to mobilize and then to take to the streets. But Mandy, have a listen for yourself, some of the sentiments from residents. Why South Africans always we have to doi doi when we want attention? If we are, we are feeling like the governing party now is not doing any changes, why don't we vote them out? We are fed up, but it's not, that's not how to solve the, the situation in South Africa. For it shut down on Monday, I doubt it's going to benefit anyone. Thank you so much for that audio, Veronica Mahoudi, EWN reporter, out speaking to people. And I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts? People really polarized, as Veronica says. The Midday Report. And Frankla, good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us about the state of readiness in the province ahead of Monday. Well, Mandy, unlike uh, July 2021, things are different now. You'd recall that many uh, police authorities took to the July uh, unrest hearings that were hosted by the South African Human Rights Commission, saying that one of the key reasons why the widespread looting turned out to be what it was back in 2021 was the fact that police did not have enough support, they did not have enough resources to try and curb, you know, the widespread looting. But they say with this EFF national shutdown on Monday here in KZN, and they've deployed over 18,000, uh, I mean, over 18,000 officers in the province, but they'll also be getting help from the CPF, but also the South African military. But according to Siposho Moga, who's the MEC for Community Safety, says that Monday here in Guazul Natal will be business as usual. Let's take a listen to what he had to say, Mandy. Monday on the 20 March 2023 will be a normally working day in the province of KwaZulu-Natal. We wish to assure our people, especially those who will be going to work, that their right to work will be uh, protected. And how does this affect schooling on Monday? What are they saying about that? Well, Monday, with some schools here in the province expected not to go 
uh, you know, learners not to go to school due to the holiday that will then be on Tuesday, the Human Rights Holiday. If, I mean, the EFF will be, uh, you've heard when they spoke during the press, uh, you also had the EFF uh, student command president, uh, that's the calling on young people to also be part of this match. But here in the province, NEC for Community Safety, Siboshlo Moga, has said that parents should ensure that when their children get that uh, off on Monday, they should not take part in this protest. Let's take a listen to Shemoga once again. It is important to note that learners will not be going to school on Monday because of the Human Rights Day holiday on Tuesday. We therefore appeal to all parents to make sure that their children do not participate in the planned protest. Thank you, Nkantla Mabaso, KZN EWN correspondent, uh, for giving us an update there on preparedness in KwaZulu-Natal ahead of Monday. The Midday Report. The Democratic Alliance is heading, or is, in the Joburg High Court today. They're trying to interdict the EFF's shutdown scheduled for Monday. They want the action declared unlawful and the EFF interdicted from closing schools. Uh, Cape Town, uh, the government there, also lodging an application for an interdict. Bernadette Wicks, EWN reporter, following this first. Bernadette, good afternoon to you. Uh, firstly, in the, the Joburg High Court, are there, are there two separate interdicts applications happening here? So there are two separate um, interdict applications happening. One is taking place here in the Joburg High Court, um, and then there is another one taking place in Cape Town. And that one, um, in that one, the city of Cape Town is the applicant, and the one and the relief they're seeking um, is is quite specific to Cape Town. In the one happening here in Joburg, the Democratic Alliance is the applicant, and the relief they're seeking is really on a national level. Okay, so in the High Court in Joburg, what is the DA's argument for this interdict? And I imagine it's being heard in on an urgent basis. It is. It is being heard on an urgent basis. It was um, filed on Tuesday. And essentially, um, the, the crux of the DA's argument is that the protest or the, the shutdown as it's planned doesn't line up with the Gatherings Act. Um, they say there was no, obviously, there was no notice given. Um, and then they also say that when it comes to what they say, at least, because this is obviously disputed, we know that Julius Malema said they aren't threatening violence, but the, the DA maintains that they are threatening violence and that essentially what um, what they're threatening puts at risk other people's rights to education, for example, to freedom of trade, to security. Um, and they say that this, again, doesn't line up with the Gatherings Act in terms of what's allowed and what's not allowed in a protest. So this is interesting because the EFF have said they don't have a permit and they don't need a permit. So how does this work now? Because if they are interdicted, do they do they even abide by the interdict? Well, I mean, that's the question. And and one of the questions that, you know, arguments only got underway about 30 minutes ago. But one of the questions that the court already seems to be kind of hanging on is, is why should we issue an order that they that is already, that the content is already basically contained in the law. They're saying there are laws that um, exist and, and obviously if the EFS doesn't, doesn't act within the confines of the law, obviously that, that conduct would be unlawful. So the court is already questioning why it really needs to repeat the law um, in an order. What happens if they do get interdicted? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Like you say, um, they, their position is they don't need to, they don't need to get notice. It's their constitutional right to protest. Um, so whether or not an interdict would really change anything, I'm not sure. Uh, as a matter of interest, are the EFF respondents and do they have a lawyer in court? 
They are, and they are opposing, and um, they do have a lawyer in court, and they are opposing the application. We know that they're contesting um, the DA's standing to bring the application. There's a couple of technical arguments. They also argue basically that um, it hasn't it hasn't shown that it has a right, really, that's, that, that needs to be vindicated, which is one of the requirements for this kind of application. Um, but over and above that, the argument is that there's no reason to be alarmed by the national shutdown on Monday, um, that there is no violence planned, um, and, that, and that essentially it's the court doesn't need to be concerned with, mm. with the outcome. Bernadette, thank you very much. Bernadette Wicks is in the High Court in Joburg. The DA is trying to interdict the EFF's national shutdown scheduled for Monday. Remember, of course, the EFF doesn't have a permit. So as Bernadette is saying, well, the court can't uh, repeat the law. The law says that you can't gather uh, or that you can't violently protest or whatever it may be. And there's no point for an interdict because will they even abide by an interdict? So we are watching that one. The Midday Report. So lots of focus on what's happening on, on Monday and the way that the EFF is going about this. At the moment, there there is a march taking place in Tswane. The ANC is marching in Tswane and they are marching against the DA-led coalition. So that's one thing that's happening. It looks very peaceful at the moment. I'm busy having a look on SABC News um, as that march, that march is taking place. But also, there is a vote that's supposed to be taking place today for the new mayor in Tswane. Remember... The mayoral position was vacant since uh, the 10th of March because Dr. Murunwa Makwarela resigned very much in disgrace because he was a uh, unreformed uh, insolvent. There was a certificate. That certificate turned out to be fake. It's now emerged, listen to this, that the, the, the person that they are replacing him with in the council from COPE also has a criminal record. So there's a big issue around that. Tabiso Koba, EWN reporter, watching all of this fuss. Tabiso, good afternoon to you. What's happening in the council at the moment in terms of that vote for mayor? Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, we are currently um, in uh, in the process of a long caucus break, so we will resume at 1 p.m. But um, before, you know, caucus starts, before the council meeting started, um, the speaker did announce that two Action SA councillors um, have been fired. Now, you do know that um, Action SA released, they terminated their memberships um, because they um, they found that these two councillors, uh, Mandla Mshlana and Mpo Baloi, voted with the ANC um, during Maguarela's um, election and during the Speaker's election. So they have been fired. Now, this means that you remember that last week also Nkele Molago, an action SA councillor, was also fired. So now this means that there are three vacancies um, currently. So that means there are three less seats for the DA-led coalition to share in China. And because this is a, a highly, you know, contested, uh, the numbers, the margins are very, very thin. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plans out. Now, I just want to move over to the COPE situation, uh, Mandy. Now, I want to explain that um, that COPE councillor, Justice Tabang, he was the one that was brought in by COPE to replace, um, obviously, the disgraced uh, Dr. Morungo Makwarela. Now, we got a media advisory from Colin Makubele. Colin Makubele is a senior COPE leader and the speaker in the city of Johannesburg municipality. She told the media that this um, councillor has um, two IDs and a criminal record and is being, um, you know, withdrawn, it's being recalled. However, I spoke to Dennis Bloom, the national spokesperson of, um, of COPE, and I spoke to Ndombele, uh, who's the housing leader of COPE, um, and they're saying that we do not recognize that statement. Um, the statement is fake and it comes from the other faction of the COPE um, leadership battle. Now, you do know that COPE, has a leadership battle between, um, you know, 
uh, Willie Madisha and um, his other leader, whose name has just escaped me right now. But that's kind of, uh, you know, that's the situation right now. It's a bit of a silly season. Um, and with the ANC protest, we do know that the ANC is coming here to Tiny House, Mandy. And um, the DA has relayed some fears that this is an intimidation uh, tactic. However, we spoke to Selby Bokaba, the Tuane municipality spokesperson, around um, you know, the safety of the councillors here. And this is what he had to say. Today, um, there was um, um, worries from ETA about the safety of councillors with the AFF marching here. What are the safety precautions in the city? Well, as you can see, that there's deployment of sufficient law enforcement here to ensure that um, uh, proceedings go well. And uh, we don't anticipate that there will be any councillor whose life will be threatened or will be subjected to any form of intimidation. We have sufficient uh, police officials that have been deployed, as we normally do, to ensure that uh, council proceedings um, run smoothly. Uh, on, the, on the issue of Dr. Moruno Makarela, what, what, what is the latest I heard you talk about the hawks? Yeah, so basically what we have done was to request the hawks to carry out a comprehensive investigation into the conduct of Dr. Makarela. It appears that the um, Dr. Makarela is an unrehabilitated insolvent and as such he was ineligible in November 2021 to become a Swane Metropolitan Municipal um, Councillor and um, as such he should not have served as the Speaker nor as the Executive Mayor. So we have requested the Hawks to look into that matter to determine if there is any possible commission of fraud. The second issue relates to the court order which he presented to the city manager last Thursday, which purported to be a rehabilitation order or rehabilitation certificate. It appears that that document was forged. So those are basically the two issues that we have requested the Hawks to look into. Okay, so stay with me here, people. What we know is that the Hawks are now looking at Marun Makarela and this uh, forged uh, certificate and that whole drama. But now the person that Cope wants to replace him with in the council, it's emerged that that person has got a criminal record and two IDs. But the one faction of Cope's is they don't recognize the statement about that guy because there's two factions of Cope, Masiwa Lakota and Willie Madisha. So the one doesn't agree with the other one. So we're not really sure who to believe. And then Action SA has fired two of their members because they did lie detector tests on their members who they thought maybe didn't vote with them. So that's where we are at the moment. Oh, and then there's a council sitting today that may or may not happen to uh, elect a mayor because the city doesn't actually have a mayor at the moment. And then the ANC is protesting against the coalition-led government in Tuane saying they're doing a rubbish job. Um, but then we have the coalition parties protesting against the ANC for doing a rubbish job at national level. Does all of that make sense to you? Cape Talk, the Midday Report, Monday to Friday, 12 to 1 p.m. Let me take a deep breath, because sometimes in this country, you have to try and make sense of everything. The Midday Report. Now, last week, the Health Ombud released a report into the Rahima Musa Mother and Child Hospital. And that really gave us a sense of the extent of the problems at government hospitals, at that particular uh, facility, but at others as well. And 
a lot of it was confirmation of what we knew. And we knew about it because a very brave pediatrician and other doctors had spoken out. Dr. Tim DeMeyer, remember, he was suspended in June last year because he published an open letter decrying the working conditions at Rahima Musa Hospital. So now a new study has shown how Medical practitioners and doctors are, are silenced, how they bullied, how some authorities in public hospitals abuse the law to cover up incompetence. Hanifa Manda is the author of uh, this report. She's the project manager at the Campaign for Free Expression, and Hanifa joins us now. Hanifa, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, your study really finding that people like Tim DeMeyer land up being vilified, land up being bullied when they speak out about conditions affecting the public. Good afternoon, Mandy, um, and good afternoon, viewers. Mandy, thank you for this opportunity. Um, yes, um, indeed, we found that um, public health workers are, he- are heavily silenced. Um, this is uh, a finding from our recent research um, that was actually inspired by the story of Dr. Tim Dinea. So part of the work that we do at the Campaign for Free Expression is we, we follow developments in the, in the news. Um, and if we find that uh, there might be a case for the violation of um, people's freedom to speech or um, access to information, which is related to freedom of expression, really, we try and um, take an action. So um, we started this research last year, and what we found is that um, authorities use the public service rules and regulations, um, and the public service rules and regulations encompass a code of conduct which public public workers and indeed public health workers are supposed to adhere to. Um, so there is a clause in there that um, restricts public workers from addressing the media or engaging with members of the media without the approval of their supervisors. Um, so what then happens, what we've seen is there's an overemphasis on public health workers' adherence to this clause and everything else is disregarded. Um, for example, in the case of Dr. Tim Dumea, which we um, analyzed very closely, we found that in the way that the law was applied, um, there wasn't any application of um, ethical reasoning. And by ethical reasoning, I mean, you know, um, according to the Ethical Code of Conduct for Health mm. Professionals, they are supposed to um, look at the value of a worker's actions on the value or harm that those actions have on the interests of the public. So what we found was that uh, Rahima Musa, um, CEO, did not take into consideration what the open letter, the value that the open letter had on the interests of the public. But what they did was right. basically to try and shield themselves, to try and cover up their own mess. Uh, and what we're seeing is that this is still continuing because Dr. Tim DeMeyer, who spoke about this, uh, was uh, sanctioned again because he wanted to do an interview in response to the health ombudsman report. Yes. Um, so as, as, as we are preparing for the launch of our report, we've actually been in contact with, with, Dr. D- with Dr. Tim DeMeyer and his close associates. And yes, we can confirm that we have received, um, I don't know if we can call it threats as such, but um, it's definitely an, an attempt to silence him um, because he had already given out a few interviews. But um, in that moment, he felt he couldn't continue because right. he had been warned quite sternly so that if he keeps going on. The person who was responsible for the first suspension was still um, mm. at the hospital and they could 
they could as well uh, see them getting suspended again. Hanifa, thank you. Hanifa Manda, the project manager at the Campaign for Free Expression, and that report showing how so often when medical practitioners speak up, when they want to raise the alarm, blow the whistle about the situation at public hospitals, they'll end up being silenced and bullied. The Midday Report. So often on the show, I say, like, you have to laugh, otherwise you'll cry. And the news cycle never ceases to astonish us. Well, there's a, a hang of a story that is in the news cycle at the moment from ground up. And what it is about, it's a bizarre twist of events. Um, but what it is essentially about is, do you remember the story about the Facebook rapist? Well, this guy, Tabu Besta, was sent to prison. And then he apparently died when the prison, um, there was a fire at the prison. But now he's been spotted in Sandton City and there's the involvement of a celebrity doctor, Dr. Nandi. So I've asked Kamagwini Mabovana, the producer of the show, to come in because she's very good at explaining these things to me <laughs> when I do not know what is going on. So Kama, firstly, who is Dr. Nandi? Okay, Mandy, it's Dr. Nandi Pa Makudumana and she is a celebrity doctor. She um, she has a shop or a, a store where she focuses on aesthetics, right? So if you want a bit of like a lipo, but like a non-surgical one, you go to her. Mm-hmm. If you want, if you've just had like, um, what's this, BBL and you want massages, you, you go to her. If you want IV drips, she's the girl. If you want your okay. skin lightened, she's the girl, right? right? So she's built this powerful, beautiful company. Black girls look up to her. She's young. She was on the Mail and Guardian's um, Most Inspirational in 2018. 200 list, yeah. In 200 list in 2018. And she's from the Eastern Cape. She got married. She lived this beautiful life. She's got expensive luxury cars. And South Africa found out yesterday that all of this is a lie. All Allegedly. Of Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Okay. Well, so, so yeah. someone snapped a photograph of her. They saw her yes. in Santon. They thought, oh, she looks beautiful. Look at her skin. So yes. they snapped a picture of her busy buying groceries. Yes. But there was something in that picture. There was something in that picture. The, the only reason, Mandy, why someone snapped the picture is because she's married to another man, Mr. Makudumana. But when they saw the picture, they were like, wait, this is not the man that she put on Instagram. So people were gossiping and saying, where's her husband? That's why they took a picture of that man. And now we know, allegedly, <laughs> that it is Tabo Besta. It looks exactly like the Facebook um, rapist. serial rapist. And people are saying, how is she involved in all of this? Okay. So now this, this, this isn't just rumor and speculation. Yeah. Ground Up has done excellent journalism yes. here. And they have done a report. You can go and read it. It Please. reads like a wild thriller. Mm-hmm. But it, essentially what it's telling us is that Tabo Besta apparently died in a prison in Bloemfontein when yeah. there was a fire. And Dr. Nandi went to claim this body she claimed the body saying that she was the wife and when they checked her out not only did the i mean things just didn't um, span out for her because firstly they said you're married so then she was like no i married under customary law etc etc and they're like ma'am we cannot give you this body this, this is, is all not an your affidavit body. for the record. this is an affidavit allegedly guys we have to keep on saying that but the body was not given to her because it was released to another woman but quote unquote the the body's no longer there so they can't even prove anything at the moment so okay so the latest is yeah. becky has just uh, spoken yes. about this. He's commented on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, has basically said that yeah. investigations are continuing. That body is not necessarily the body. Yes. And where are we? So 
there's nothing. The, the investigations are still incomplete. That's what Crispin Peary, who's the Department of Justice, a spokesperson, has said. Investigations are still ongoing and it's incomplete. But it's all been a year, like a year, I think, hmm. that this thing has happened. Wild. Yeah. The story so well. Yeah. Thank you for coming to. Don't forget also to mention that she removed her her Instagram comments. So that's how I think she's uh, guilty. Uh, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Kamagwini Mabovana, she's the producer of the Midday Reporter, unpacking this bizarre story. You cannot make this stuff up. Go and read that ground-up investigation explaining Dr. Nandi and the Facebook rapist and all of this. The Midday Report. Good things. Good things. With Brent Lindeke. Well, let's end off your Friday, as always, with Brent Lindeke, the good things guy. Happy Friday, Brent. Happy Friday, man, and happy Friday to the team and obviously all the listeners on both 702 and Cape Talk. You have some great, happy, good news stories for us today. Jared Nerdin, he was in the cheap seats at a show in Monte Cassino in 2007. He wanted to be on stage and now he's on the West End. Oh, what an incredible story. So I got to interview Jared last weekend. He couldn't tell me what show he's going to be in, but he's definitely cast in it, and it's going to be opening in June, July this year. The story's just absolutely incredible. This kid comes from a small farming community in KwaZulu-Natal, and like you said, 16 years ago, he went to the opening of Lion King, sat in the cheap seats, and he said to his mom, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be on stage. It took hard work. There was a lot of uh, humps along the way. But uh, come middle of this year, he's going to be in the West End as one of the main cast members in a new show. Oh, that's awesome. It's so good to see. And then we've been watching what's happening in Malawi with Cyclone Freddy. Are there several South African organizations that are raising funds? Gosh, it's so tragic what has happened to these African countries. Over 200 people have died, as we know. Um, but there's there's three organizations that I want to mention here. Gift of the Givers, they're on the ground. They're busy helping right now. And there's also a church that has managed to raise over 150,000 rand. It's the Christ Presbyterian Church, and, uh, and they're looking to, to raise uh, 200,000 rand is the number they're looking for. And then there's also a champion boxer that boxes right here in Joburg. His name's Dennis Nwale, and he's using his platform uh, to raise money to help people back in Malawi. That's awesome. And Brent, uh, you're um, off to Germany today. I am off to Germany. Good grief. Um, it was so crazy. I got called by Paramount and UIP a couple of weeks ago, and they said to me they're looking for a South African to go to a world premiere of the new Dungeons and Dragons movie that comes out, and they selected me. Cool. So I'm going to be climbing on a flight tonight, and my social media is going to be filled with pictures from Berlin. Awesome. Enjoy it, Brent. Thanks for always bringing us uh, so much good news, and make sure that you go and tell the good news story uh, wherever you may travel, Brent. Have a, have a great weekend and a great trip. Thanks, man. And to all of the listeners, as always, I want to wish you only good things. Only good things. Brent Lindekew, the good things guy. The Midday Report. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website, 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. Latest news, breaking stories, expert analysis. All you need to know in 60 minutes. This is the Midday Report.